Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Luke 1, 1 through 38. So let's start today with a little progress update. If you have been listening since the beginning of uh, this journey through the New Testament, you are now one-sixth of the way done. And you might say, how is that possible? We've read two books of the New Testament. There's 27 books of the New Testament. Well, uh, we're dividing that all up into 312 different uh, days of reading, and now you've gone through 52 of those days. And we're starting with the Gospels, bigger books. Uh, A lot of these other books will go much more quickly, but we have completed now Matthew and Mark. And today we'll begin the Gospel of Luke. Now, Luke is the final of what are often referred to as the synoptic Gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke share a lot of the similar material and record some of the same events, whereas you'll see reading through John, it is very different from the others. But what we will see in Luke, for instance, these first couple chapters, Luke does have a lot of unique stuff. So there will be so much for us to learn in Luke. So let's dive right in. Now, let's just set some things up from the beginning. Who's who's Luke? Uh, well, Luke was a traveling companion of of the Apostle Paul. It seems that he was a doctor. Sometimes you hear people call him Dr. Luke, and it seems that he was a Gentile. Uh, And so, even as you read his book, if you remember Matthew, it was very clearly written for a Jewish audience. Luke uh, does not seem to be so bent towards a Jewish audience, but even perhaps from a Gentile to other Gentiles. And you can see Dr. Luke, he's a researcher. You see that even in the first four verses, and you see uh, some similar things at the beginning of the book of Acts, also written by Luke. They're both uh, written to this same person, Theophilus, to give an account. And he says, inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. So there, that even tells us a little bit about the purpose of the gospel of Luke. It is written that you think of even someone that writes a history book or writes a biography. He, he's followed these things. He has studied these things. He has put this all together to help Theophilus. It says there, have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. And I hope that Our reading through the Gospel of Luke does the same for you. It helps you have certainty regarding the things that you have been taught about Jesus Christ. And now we get really into the narrative. Uh, And today we'll we'll stop at verse 38. So really what we're going to see today are two birth announcements. And then uh, tomorrow we'll see even more of the response. But what I want to do today is first consider these announcements from the big picture. And really, what is God doing here in this passage? But then also to consider the examples that we see here in this passage. So, the first birth announcement is really the announcement of the birth of John the Baptist. And his parents 
are Zechariah and his wife, Elizabeth. And it says in verse six, they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and both were advanced in years. And before that, it told us that Zechariah was a priest. Um, So here's this couple, husband is a priest, and it, it makes it clear that they are a godly couple. They are following the Lord, but they have no child. Uh, And then what happens is Zechariah is chosen to do his duty of the custom that he is going to enter the temple and burn incense. Now, you need to understand that was a big deal. Uh, That was not just something you did all the time. That was something you were chosen for. Uh, This was a big deal. This was kind of a highlight of his career to go in and to burn the incense. So on this huge day, of his life, he goes in and an angel appears to him. Now, that would make sense why he was troubled. That one, he's not normally doing this incense thing in the temple. And two, he's not normally having angels appear to him. But then again, if we want to start with the big picture, listen to the words the angel says to him. Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call his name John and you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great before the Lord and he must not drink wine or strong drink and he must and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. So there we see this announcement had significance. And even it talks about the spirit and power of Elijah. And that's something you've already seen in Matthew and Mark, where Jesus says that John fulfills the prophecies that Elijah would come before the Messiah. So he even here is clearly told that he will be a messianic forerunner. And that's really the big picture I want us to get from the reading today, where we're seeing the announcement that the Messiah is coming. And we see that through the announcement of his forerunner, John the Baptist being born. But then we see that in the announcement of Gabriel to Mary. And he shows up and When he explains what's going on, Mary, again, is afraid. And he says, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And then look at what it says, starting in verse 31. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. And so there you see again, a clear statement, the Messiah is coming because they were expecting a son of David to arise, to be the King. There's a lot of prophecy in the old Testament pointing to that truth. And the angel is showing up and saying, the time is now, and you are the mother. Now, Mary asked a question, how's that going to work since I am a virgin? Um, I've not had sexual intercourse with any man. How is it possible that I will be pregnant? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be called holy, the son of 
God. And then he goes on to say, for nothing will be impossible with God. Your your relative, Elizabeth, who everybody thought was barren, she's going to have a baby. And you, even though you're a virgin, you are going to have a baby. And obviously there's more implications of the virgin birth, like fulfilled prophecy in Isaiah 7, 14, but also just the implication that, that Jesus was not just any other man. He does not uh, inherit through his father um, just the sin of Adam and is born in sin like every other man is. So the big picture here is that God is fulfilling his promises. Nothing is impossible with him. He is bringing the Messiah into the world just like at been foretold that he would. So that's a big picture thing to understand from this passage. And as we think through, you know, three words we use a lot on this podcast to describe our response to what God has done are worship, learn, and apply. So even there should be a lot of worshiping going on as we read this, and we'll get more into that even tomorrow. But today I also want us to look at the examples because let's notice how they respond. The angel comes and speaks to Zechariah and then comes and speaks to Mary. And they each respond and their responses, I think, are different. When when this announcement is made to Zechariah, he says in verse 18, how shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is advanced in years. Um, And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which were fulfilled in, which will be fulfilled in their time. So there you see a rebuke because he did not respond in faith. Gabriel straight up says, you did not believe my words. Uh, Now let's come to Mary um, where uh, she says then in response, how will this be since I am a virgin? And if you're asking, how is that different from Zechariah? Because Zechariah says, I'm an old man. My wife is advanced in years, you know, and Mary's like, I'm a virgin. Isn't that a similar thing? Well, notice even the wording. Zechariah starts with, how shall I know this? He asks for a sign. And the the angel says, you want a sign? I'll give you a sign. You're not going to talk until this happens. Uh, Mary, I I think her question may even be, instead of an expression of doubt, more of an expression of wonder. And then we see more of her response, um, even getting this explanation that she will be pregnant even though she is a virgin. Now, just put yourself in Mary's sandals for a moment. Imagine finding out that you are going to be impregnated in a miraculous way. Um, how, how do you think that story is going to sell with, with other people? <laughs> yeah, right. No, everyone is going to assume that she is pregnant, likely through sexual immorality. In some ways, this was hard news for Mary to hear. It's wonderful news that she has found favor with God. She will be the mother of the Messiah, but it's hard news in how it is going to happen because it's going to happen in a way that, that will probably bring suffering and pain into her life besides just the pain of childbirth. But how does she respond? Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. 
let it be to me according to your word. And there is where we're, we're going to see something, I believe, exemplary in our reading today that is something we should seek to apply. When we hear something difficult from God, do we respond with doubt or do we respond with humble and obedient faith? And now when I say when we hear something from God, I'm not expecting the angel Gabriel to show up and say anything to you today, but you will read the Bible and you're going to see commands in the Bible, or you will be in situations where I think through the Holy Spirit, you will be convicted either that there is something you need to not do, or that there is something you need to do. And there's various ways you can respond to that. And you can respond by saying, this is impossible. Or you can respond by saying, you know, this may seem impossible to me, but with God, nothing is impossible. And I am God's servant. And even uh, just think of how you respond when hard things come into your life. Do you respond by saying, this is an impossible situation? Or do you respond by saying, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And I want to just use that as hopefully something that brings some strength to those of you that are going through something difficult. Here, Mary was told something difficult. Yes, there will be good clearly in this, but there's going to be something that's difficult for you. Uh, and she responds, let it be according to your word. Is that the way you're going to respond in the midst of your difficult situation? Are you going to say, how can I get out of this? This is impossible. I can't do this. I give up. Or are you going to say, I serve a big God who keeps his promises and can do whatever he wants to do. I'm going to trust him and I'm going to submit joyfully and humbly to, to this circumstance that he has put me in. So as we start the Gospel of Luke, we see some big picture things about what God is doing and bringing the Messiah miraculously into the world. We also see an example, an example for us to follow in Mary and her response to this incredible yet difficult news. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.